You've read the magazine, you've seen the website, and now, because we're very 21st century... Oh, you know that by now. It's the Whistler Podcast. Everything you wanted to know about Brighton life, but didn't know who to ask. Let's lose the Paris gypsy swing for a minute and let's have a word. It accounts for around 6,000 deaths every year, and that's just the UK. That's 17 every day. It's the biggest single killer of people under 35. More than traffic accidents. More than cancer. And every single one of those deaths is preventable. We're talking about suicide. And one of the reasons suicide is so prevalent is that we don't talk about it. The Baton of Hope aims to change that. Set up by Mike McCarthy and Steve Phillip following the deaths of their sons, Ross and Jordan, it's a nationwide initiative that visits 12 cities, starting in Glasgow and ending in London. And, well, we're with Rose Rokins, who's organising the penultimate leg, which hits Brighton on July the 5th. So, Baton of Hope. Baton of Hope. It's grown from an idea. It's grown, it's grown from a tragedy, of course. It's grown from many, many tragedies. But it has become something that is hope-filled and future-filled. And it's, it's bringing people together across the country. In, in essence, it's raising awareness about suicide prevention. It is. It is. Um, raising awareness, yes, getting people unafraid to say the word even, um, being, being more aware of the signs of when somebody's struggling. Um, and then, you know, if the unthinkable happens, if somebody that you know dies by suicide or someone that you know loses someone, knowing what to say to that person, because too often then, you know, it's the silence that's the killer. It's the silence that breaks, you know, connections. And we need, to, that's what this is about. Yeah, just getting people talking more. And, and the silence is about people not knowing what to say not feeling and are confident to say yeah yeah i've been been training uh, skills in this area for, t- for 10 years and that's that's the fears that come up again and again is i'm scared of saying the wrong thing so i say nothing at all i'm scared of making it worse so i say nothing at all i'm scared of putting the idea in their head if yeah. i say it so they say nothing at all um and just n- none of those things are are, are true you know there's no evidence to suggest you can put the idea in someone's head you can't make it worse it doesn't get any worse you know yeah, you're yeah. only going to make it better if you're talking and asking someone and showing compassion i've only had one close friend who's had that experience hmm. again like you say didn't really know what to say um and in the end i just said listen can we just talk about the elephant in the room and as soon as i said that everything just poured out yeah the because relief. you know people you know how are you you must be you know and that was it Yes. And there's a lot of that. You must be feeling awful. How awful. Yes, of course it's awful. But I think, I mean, so one of the great things to say, of course, if you don't know what to say, is just to say exactly that. Yeah. No, I, I don't know what to say. But yeah. I'm just, I'm so glad, you know, that I'm with you. I'm so glad you're alive. I'm so glad, you know, that you're not alone um, because you're not. You're very much not. Just, even if it's just that. I'm so glad we're talking or just sitting in silence. I'm glad we're doing that, but I don't know what else to say. And that's, that says so much. It just says that you care, doesn't it? Well, absolutely. Mm. And so th- this baton, it's like a, a kind of Olympic torch going around the country or something. Yeah, it is. It's it's 12-day tour designed to be very much like the Olympic torch, but without the flame element. So the right. risk assessment is slightly easier. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's a beautiful item, gold and silver, made by the people who made the uh, FA Cup. Um, and I think also gold and silversmiths to the queen, late queen. But it's filled with symbolism. So the top of the baton has a semicolon, which is the sign of um, surviving of suicide. I don't know if you know that you're aware of that. This idea that the semicolon, of course, could be the end of a sentence and then it's not. 
the sentence continues. So it's become a, a lot of people have tattoos of the semicolon to indicate maybe that they've been through a real crisis or perhaps survived or considered suicide. And so um, that's on the top of it. And then all around the baton, there's like little little people holding other little people up and they, they rise all the way up the, um, up the stem of it. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a 12-day tour, working its way crisscrossing down the country. And in Brighton is, the, is day 11 of the 12-day tour with the penultimate day next okay. Wednesday, week Wednesday, Wednesday the 5th of July. Um, and, and where yeah. can people see it on Wednesday the 5th of July? All over the city. So my team and I have planned a route starting at the Peace Statue at 8am, nice and early. We head into Hove first, so there's a couple of spots in Hove. There's a business breakfast at Rockwater and, and somewhere at Platform event at platform nine outside hove town hall we head over to kemp town there's some, some events over there and then into the city center the bright helm um on queen's road and then we head all the way up to the bevy pub uh, where there's a big family uh, barbecue event happening and the baton will drop in there and then we end up at the dome so there's, there's a seven events in one day wow. um, and the baton is like the thread that weaves through them all so on the on the website there is a, a page all about the bright the brighton day where you can see a map and you can see timings of where it, when it will be where and uh and because we love we love famous people. Are famous mm-hmm. people involved? Of course, yes. Of course. So um, locally, of course, Norman Cook and Solly March, they're our big um, sort of flag wavers, if you like. Solly March actually will be our final baton bearer. He's, our, he's the Albion midfielder, for those that aren't in the know about football. Everyone knows who's Solly uh, March. Solly March, he's becoming a household name locally. And so from here it goes, mm. I don't know, I'm guessing to London. It does, yeah. yeah. London's the final day. And actually it gets handed over to Parliament at, at, on the evening of the 6th of July. So, and it's got a place to sit there, I believe, um, until it's sort of needed next for another tour. So listen, so, so how did you get involved? Who, uh, mm. who are you? Who am I? Who, <laughs> who am I you? to get involved? Um, so I've worked in, in the field of suicide prevention for, uh, like I said, nearly 10 years, but as a trainer. So not as an event planner. Um, but they needed a project lead in Brighton. They were desperate about three months ago and, you know, my name kept kind of cropping up and, and I got the call and I was very insistent it wasn't me. This isn't something I could do, but turns out I can. And I've built a formidable team around myself. Um, we have created, we've gone big. We've gone big in Brighton. You know, we're, we're doing it. It's very, very exciting because, because I believe it's going to make an impact. It's going to make a wide impact, I think, on a number of people. Just to pick up on something you said, when you said you've been working in suicide prevention mm. for 10 years, what, what does that mean? My whole career has been in some way connected to mental health, but around 10 years ago, it's, I started to focus more on self-harm and suicide prevention because I was working as a counsellor with young people and that was the, what they were bringing to, to most sessions. Having been a teacher previously, I just thought, I, can, I really, really want to teach this stuff because I believe that the skills, and, and they're, not, they're not rocket science, it's confidence more than anything that you want to instil in people. We've all been touched in some way by suicide, whether that's directly or, you know, or we know somebody, you know. Um, so it's not niche at all and we're just as human beings we just all deserve to have these skills because we we don't want to ever lose somebody we love and be left with that that awful feeling of was was there something i could have done that's not fair on them and it's not fair on us this is possibly too big a question but is there an answer to is there something i could have done i guess it's just talk it's talk Talk and and listen. listen Yeah, we know that suicide is one of the most preventable deaths and it's not preventable by diagnosis or medication. It's, it's preventable through conversation. And so uh, your advice to anyone listening would just be? My advice to anyone listening would be don't be afraid of the word suicide. If you think somebody might be struggling, say that to them. Say, I'm worried about you for these reasons and do things get so bad that you consider suicide? Are things that bad for you right now? 
if yes, no drama. We're not going to call 999. We're just going to sit and we're going to work out what can I do to help? What can you do? And, and who else do we need here that can fill in the gaps? Yep. Um, it's, it's okay. It doesn't need to be a big crisis. It doesn't need to get to that point. Um, ideally, it doesn't. It can be a very calm, very caring and, and intimate and life-saving conversation. Listening to, to what you say, it sounds like the most exhausting but rewarding work. I must, I, I, over the years, having been a Samaritan as well for five years and then as a counsellor, I, I can't think how many suicide interventions I've done and in various other roles as well that I've taken on in my life. And it is exhausting, but my goodness, you, when you think, I can really sleep well tonight because I know that that person is the safest they could be now, not least because they're not alone with their thoughts of suicide anymore. I know about them. And, and so do others, because that, that's, that's a kind of golden rule around this stuff is you must never be the only one. So we don't promise confidentiality, but we can promise transparency and empowerment and, and you know, collaboration and an awful lot of other things. And not to feel alone. Not to feel alone. And not to feel alone and now in your new incarnation as an events planner. <laughs> really not. <laughs> does, it, does anything happen after the baton? In terms of the baton itself, it's certainly there needs, there, there's, it's important, there's a legacy. So sure. they are creating, a, the charity is creating a workplace charter and an education charter, which will be out by the end of the year. And they're hoping that people who've been involved will sign those and there'll be a kind of kite mark for you know, high standards in workplaces and education settings. So if anybody wants to get involved in, on July the 5th, it is a Wednesday, it's a work day, but there's obviously an evening event too. So the quickest way to find out what's going on would be to go to our website, battenofhopeuk.org, and then click the tour and drop down to the Brighton, the Brighton link there. Um, and that's, yeah, that's where you'll see links to all the, all the events, and we'll hope to see you along the, ro- along the road somewhere. So July the 5th, that's next Wednesday. More than enough time for you to listen to this, make your excuses at work, and get your suit in and out of the dry cleaners. Check out the Baton of Hope website, and of course, your friendly neighbourhood Mighty Whistler, for all the details. Till the next time when we'll be talking to the top chef in all of Brighton and Hope. See you then.